Hello and welcome to Healthy Mind, Healthy Life with your host Avik. This podcast is all about exploring the latest research, sharing personal stories and providing personal tips for improving our mental health and well-being. Each episodes will be joined by experts in the field of mental health as well as individuals who have experienced the transformative power of a healthy mind firsthand. Together we will dive into a range of topics from managing stress and anxiety to building resilience and cultivating happiness. So, join us on this journey to discover new ways to take care of our minds, bodies and souls and let's work together to create a healthier, happier world one episode at a time. So, let's get started. Hello and welcome dear listeners to another empowering episode of Healthy Mind Healthy Life. I'm your host Avik and today we have the distinct pleasure of diving into the world of impactful leadership, business agility and holistic success with our esteemed guest, yes, I'm talking about Jocelyn Marinders. So welcome to the show Jocelyn. Thank you so much. I am really excited to be talking about this really really important topic, mental health in leadership. Exactly, exactly true. So so Jocelyn like before we start delving into our conversation today, I would love to mention this to all of our listeners that um Jocelyn has earned a reputation as an architect of success and is hailed from her impressive understanding of the business dynamics. so her remarkable career journey spans uh, from public service to entrepreneurship eventually reaching the pinnacle as the ceo of the software company but her passion extends beyond the boardroom so she is the driving force behind her leadership training company which is loxintus incorporation so here uh, as the chair of the forbes business councils excellent as a leader group she is at the forefront of shaping conversation uh, around effective leadership in today's dynamic business landscape so loxintus incorporation under her guidance uh, proudly holds certifications as a women's business enterprise which we call wbe reflecting as a commitment to diversity and the inclusion which you often call dei right so uh, her passion is palpable so like through uh, loxintus incorporation she channels her insights to teach um, leaders the indispensable skills needed to drive the business uh, i would rather say drive business successes by unlocking the real magic of uh, Uh, our delicate balance between prioritizing people and the profits so join us as we unravel the wisdom jocelyn brings to the table so delving into the art of impactful leadership targeted recruiting uh, and the employee empowerment that ultimately leads to the retention so today's episode is not just a conversation about the business but it's a deep dive into the heart of building and leading successful people centric organizations 
So grab your favorite beverage and find a comfortable space and let's embark on this insightful journey with Jocelyn on healthy mind and healthy life. Because as she believes and we wholeheartedly agree that leaders have the power to positively impact not just their organizations, but the lives of those they lead. So welcome to the show, Jocelyn. Thank you. Thank you so much. And thank you for such a, a beautiful introduction. I appreciate that. Great, great. Thank you so much. Yeah. So uh, if we talk about like uh, organizations and organization as a whole, so where resources are the key, uh, I would say the key uh, or the uh, impactful area as well. So we often talk about the emotional leadership. So if you can share your journey and how uh, you developed a passion for impactful leadership, employee empowerment, and the business agility. Absolutely. I don't have a linear career journey. You know, a lot of people know exactly what they're going to do. And they're like, I'm going in business. I'm going to study business. And I'm just going to join this company and climb the corporate ladder. And that's going to be my journey. Mine wasn't that at all. What I realize now, looking back, is that I've always wanted to have this impact on individuals. And I wasn't sure how to do that. And it's really when I came across uh, Robert Greenleaf's work on servant leadership that I understood that there was a word out there for the type of leadership that I wanted to, to be, the type of leader that I wanted to be. And it's that whole idea of uh, the leader as almost a coach, a mentor, support, being there to elevate the team members so that they can do the greatest work that they can as their authentic selves. And I think that we've really seen that movement grow with everything that happened over the past few years. People were I'm going to say forced into reflection into how they were living their lives. And a lot, most individuals actually have decided that they were tired of not living as their full selves. And so that includes how they show up at work, how they're being treated at work. You know, people ask me, they say, oh, do you think that leadership has changed? I don't think that it has changed so much as it's no longer tolerated like it used to be. I think that before people were like, oh, well, it's a job. I just have to tolerate it. If my boss is mean to me or yells at me or treats me like just someone to be typing on the keyboard and produ produce, 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 produce. Oh, you're done. Okay. Get rid of you and replace you with somebody else. Like People are no longer putting up with that the way they used to. And I think that that has impacted leaders in how we show up in the everyday. And um, as for myself, that's what I love the most, having that positive transformational impact on individuals. But it does come at a cost for the leader, if not monitored. Exactly true. Definitely. So, uh, here also comes about uh, the profits and the people. So in your experience, uh, how can leaders strike a balance between the uh, prioritizing the well-being of their team members and also ensuring 
that the financial success of the business. Yep. Uh, what I've noticed in my experience is that there are organizations who tend to go one to one end of the spectrum or the other. And so on one end of the spectrum is that whole idea of profits, profits, profits. That's what we need to do. And I understand if you have a board and you have stockholders and of course they want to see more dividends, you know, <laughs> but at the same time, it's recognizing that if we push too much on that side, there is a cost to that. And I'm going to come back to that in a moment. When we see the other extreme where it's all about the people, a little bit as a reaction to the businesses who are all about profits, saying, no, we're going to be all about the people, we're going to be all about the culture. And then what happens is they, they don't prioritize revenue enough, and then the business falls apart. And so we need to find that middle ground, push for that middle ground, because prioritizing revenue is not greedy. It's a necessity. It's survival. A business who has no revenue cannot possibly do anything for its team members. And so it's all about how we approach it. And it's like, okay, just coming back to that example, I was saying uh, about how if you focus too much on profits, there's a cost. If you push too hard, you will lose trust with team members. They will potentially either burn out and then you'll have to replace them. And then you will lose institutional knowledge that comes at a cost that, or there will be higher turnover where people don't, won't want to stay. They'll want to work in better work conditions. And so that is also a cost because then you're spending your time advertising, recruiting, doing interviews, ramping individuals up. There's a cost to that. And again, the loss of institutional knowledge. And so when we push for that middle ground where we build trust, and I think that's kind of where you have to start, build trust with your team members that, yeah, I will be here to support you. And in return, you will do your best so that you, we can support our clients. And then we kind of, everybody wins. Exactly. That's true. So, uh, you have led the organizations through uh, crisis and transformations. So, how do you approach maintaining a, a resilient and supportive culture during the challenging times? <laughs> so, through all of this, all this pushing for the middle and being there for the individuals and making sure the organization is taken care of for the you know and and prioritize profits in a in a positive way, not a greedy way. The leader is the one who is having to manage all of this. And it becomes exhausting if not, if they don't look after themselves. And that's where the mental health can really deteriorate and the leaders themselves burn out. And I've seen this, I've been more and more, especially right now with these recession-like conditions with uh, high turnover amongst individuals or organizations doing these mass layoffs. Uh, and it's been really, really difficult on leaders. And even I'm talking to small business entrepreneurs who are also burning out because a lot of organizations are cutting costs, hiring fewer vendors, hiring fewer uh, collaborators. And 
everything is everybody's just being squeezed. And so what I've seen a lot is these leaders who are still trying, these entrepreneurs who are still trying to be everything to everyone without looking after themselves. And they're just burning out rapidly. And I've seen either their uh, in functional burnout because they still have to function. They still have to run the business. They still have to be the leader, but they are burnt out. Their, their mental health is, is shot and they need to take a moment, take a beat to look after themselves. And that's kind of where the resiliency part kicks in. It's when you build your skill set to a certain point where you're more effective as a leader and you look after yourself as much as you look after your team members, then you're in a place to be able to navigate through these really difficult, really challenging times. Because if you don't, the leader will not make it on the other side of this. Exactly. That's also very true. So, uh, like, uh, if you can also elaborate, like, uh, how a people-centric approach to the leadership contributes to the mental well-being of the employees, and in turn, it impacts the um, overall success of the business. I was reading this interesting research by Glassdoor that was saying that employees are willing to sacrifice salary for a better culture. And I, I've seen it in action. <laughs> it's If individuals are better treated, if they're treated as whole human beings, better supported, they will want to work at that organization more than at the other organization where they may make more money, but are treated poorly. And I'm not saying it's everyone, but the majority, according to this Glassdoor research, and I truly believe it and I've seen it. And what can happen when the leaders are looking after themselves and looking after their team members and looking after the organization, uh, this, this magic happens where everybody pulls together during difficult times. When team members understand and see that, yes, leaders tr are truly uh, they really care about us. They really care about our well-being as human beings. When it's time to push a little bit harder, to be like, okay, you know what? This this is a real crunch right now. We need we need to give a push. We need to you know get this new product out or put out this new service or work a little longer, a little harder for this defined period of time, just so we can get onto the other side. When you've established that trust, team members are much, I'm going to say, happier to participate and be there and put the effort because they know that at the end of this, things will come back and maybe we'll be able to do something a little bit better because we will have gotten through this very difficult period. So it, it, it builds a, a much closer relationship and you see individuals much happier, they thrive, uh, they even want to learn new things. And then they, they come to you and, and they're like, hey, you know what? I think our clients really could use if I earned this certificate. So I'd love it if I, if I could do this. They're happy, it's good for the clients. So again, you know, it, it just, everybody wins in that type of scenario. But again, the, the leader has to look after themselves and there are various ways that they can do that too. Understood, understood, that's, that's totally, totally fine. Yeah, so um, 
through through uh, Loxintus Incorporation, you teach the leaders the uh, skills they need. So, what are the key aspects of the leadership? Do you focus on in your trainings or maybe the training programs? And why are they very very crucial in today's business landscape? The very first one I would say is building trust with the team. You have to be in a place where the leader has to be in a place where they're comfortable enough with themselves and their capabilities so that they can uh, be uh, build that trust with the team members. And one of the ways to do that is to build up the earned confidence in the leader themselves. So I'm going to take an example. When you're a brand new leader, you don't have a lot of successes to look back on. So when something goes wrong, because there will be things that go wrong, I don't care. You can have the best leader with the most knowledge and experience. Things don't don't always work out. But when you're a brand new leader, you don't have that experience. And so if something happens, then you may feel devastated by it. It's like, oh, this failed. Oh no, what am I doing here? Maybe I'm not a good leader. Maybe I shouldn't be here. Maybe this and that and the other thing. But if you build the confidence by, I, I, I like to say, keep keep track of them in a little book, your successes, so that when something fails, because it's not if, it's when. When something fails, you can go back and look at it and go, okay, this thing didn't work out. I'm obviously not happy about it, but I can learn from it because look at all the other successes. So I am a good leader. It's just that this one thing didn't work. Okay. So what can I learn from it? How can I move forward from this? And then being upfront with the team. And that builds a trust again with the team. It builds a confidence for the leader. And then the team is like, okay, yeah, so you recognize that this thing didn't work. You're not falling all over yourself, blaming yourself for this and that and the other things. Okay, this didn't work. Here were the assumptions. Here were the here's where it it didn't work out. Here's how we move forward. And the building that skill is really helpful to uh, have a more transparent culture with uh, team members. As part of that, another skill that is very, very important for leaders, again, to be able to maintain healthy mental health, is learning how to embrace healthy conflict. It's there, There's always going to be conflict in the workplace. That's that's normal. We're all individuals. We have thoughts. If you've hired the right people, they'll, they will want to contribute to the strategy and give ideas and tell you what they see and problems that they notice that might be coming up. And as a leader who has built up the confidence, now you may be able to embrace that healthy conflict in having very open conversations about, okay, you saw this problem, great. You you see the solution to this problem, all right, let's have a conversation about it. And it can get really, I'm going to say heated conversations like that, because usually we're passionate about our solutions. We want what's best for the organization. We want what's best for the team members. So if we feel really strongly, it might come off as we're upset. 
but really it's because we're passionate. And so the leader has to be able to navigate that and uh, and build that skill up. And also uh, just as part of, of embracing healthy conflict, the leader has to recognize their own filters and their own triggers. Because I remember being in a situation where I was having this conversation and from my perspective, I thought that the person would ke- just kept arguing with me and wasn't listening. I'm like, why is this person just arguing with me? But I realized that, no, it's my own filter that the person wasn't arguing with me. They were just trying to present their point in a different way. And the frustration that I saw was actually a frustration with themselves because they felt they weren't communicating their point well enough. And so when we're able to have open conversations and as leaders, we build up those skills where we can talk to each other and realize, hey, this is just a misunderstanding. Oh, not a problem. Okay, let's approach it again from a different angle. Wow, that's something, uh, it's at sort of different level early, I would say. Yeah. So uh, what advice uh, do you have for the leaders uh, and entrepreneurs also looking to build and lead a successful people-centric organizations that prioritize both employee well-being and the business success? There are a number of things that I would say. So the, the first advice I would say is be authentic to yourself. I remember early on in my career as a leader, reading these books about how a leader behaves. And as a leader, I should be dressing this way and talking this way and be more serious. I was actually told, and I say this a lot, but I was actually told that I laugh too much and that nobody's going to be taking me serious as a leader because I taught, I laugh too much. At the time, I was like, oh, okay, I have to be more serious. And today I'd be like, no, no, young me, don't take that advice. That's ridiculous. Like, yes, there's a time to be serious and figure out the problems and work on the problems. And we do that. There's also a time for levity and laughter. So relax there. So I would say, don't worry so much about the right type of leader. Be yourself and lead from the heart. Uh, Another thing that I would say is get comfortable with money. Get comfortable with this idea that money is necessary and it's not greedy to prioritize revenue. Exactly. And rec- yes, we 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 need it. The business needs it. If you truly believe that you have a good good service that you can help people, that that your clients are best served by your organization, you owe it to them to make enough money so that the business survives, so that you can provide them with the best service, and then you can hire the best individuals to provide them with the best service. And then you, with again, with that money, then, hey, you can offer better benefits. You can offer a little bit more time off. You can offer a little bit more training. But you can't do all these wonderful things if there's no revenue. So just get over the money thing. (laughs) It's not greedy. So, So there's that part. Uh, And then I would say uh, to be able to really, really um, lead and do those things, both prioritize the organization and the team members, look after yourself as a leader. Like either uh, make sure you take time off. And I know because I like I've done it. There were times where I would go 
21 days, 28 days without any time off. I just, it's like, no, I need to do this. I need to do this. I need to, oh, I'll feel better once I've completed this other thing because it's on my plate. But what would happen is I would suffer from decision fatigue. My brain would be so tired of making all these decisions one after another and just continuing going. And you kind of don't realize it when you're in it. And it's only when you stop, you go, oh, my body's really tired. So really important. If you want to support people, take care of yourself, exercise, eat well, make sure you sleep well, find either other entrepreneurs or somebody that you can talk to when those times are really hard. You know, sometimes it's like, is it me? Like, why are th- I, everything I'm seeing is just, it's terrible. Is it me? And then you talk to let's say a CFO or something like that. And they're like, no, it's not you. You're seeing exactly what's okay. (laughs) And just to be careful, like some of the, like the networking groups, a lot of times it's, it's, oh, everything's good with me. Oh, me too. Oh, my business is great too. That's not helpful. So truly find someone that you can really talk to with, an open mind, no filter. Here's what's going on with me and get that support. So I would say those are kind of the three most important things to focus on. That's the advice I would give to somebody who's just starting out. Wow. That's great. So like, um, how do you measure success in leadership beyond the traditional uh, financial metrics and also considering the impact on the mental well-being of team and the overall organization culture? For me, measuring success in a people-centric organization is having those two components, almost three components, the organization, the team, the leader. How is the organization doing? Is it profitable? Is it cash positive? Uh, what what's the trend? What is the sales funnel like? Uh, do we have a lot of leads? Uh, how long does it take to land a client? All those things. So this is all the practical aspect of the organization. Then there's the team members. Are are they are they burning out regularly? Are they increasingly? I'm going to use the the trending term quiet quitting. Do you see them slowly contribute less and less and disappear within the organization? That's a big red flag. Uh, is there high turnover? Are our team members just constantly leaving for other places because they just don't want to be here anymore? Um, are they engaged? Are they talking to the leaders? When uh, one of the things I notice is. When you have top performers, uh, they come to you with problems all the time. And I welcome it with open arms because that tells me they're engaged. They care. When those top performers stop coming to me with problems, that tells me they no longer care and they're no longer engaged because there's always something to fix, right? (laughs) There's no, there's no such thing as an organization that's so perfect that there are no problems, (laughs) So it's when I see uh, those top performers no longer coming to me with problems, I see they're disengaged. That's a big red flag. So those are things to keep an eye out on. And and then the leader themselves. Uh, Are the leaders uh, taking time off? Do they seem to be looking after themselves? Um, Do they seem to 
uh, also be engaged in coming coming to me with with problems and talking about what they see. Uh, are they still thinking about, hey, you know what? I've been reading this article about this thing. I think it'd be good for the organization. If they stop doing that kind of thing, it's a big red flag. So success to me is measured in those three areas. And when I see them thriving, then that tells me, yes, the, that we're running a successful people-centric organization. And when I start seeing problems in one of those three areas, three areas, then I know where to focus to bring it back to that successful place. That's really lovely, I would say. Wow. So before we wrap up, on a personal level, how do you navigate the uh, emotional landscape of the leadership to ensure that uh, your own mental well-being while steering the organizations to the success? I, I take a lot of my own advice and sometimes I ignore my advice <laughs> and I'm like, you should be listening to yourself. But um, I, I, like I said earlier, when I noticed like, okay, I haven't been taking any time off for a while. I've been working several days in a row. I haven't been looking, I haven't been working out or I haven't been eating all that well. I've been hitting the comfort food a little too hard or, uh, you know, stuff like that. But I also, I, I, I take my own advice in the sense that I do those things. I look after myself. And I have some trusted people in my life that I speak to that when I'm starting to feel like, oh, I don't know, I'm really not feeling like mentally, I'm struggling right now with everything that's going on. I speak to someone so that I too can get that perspective and be like, okay, yeah, whew, well, let's go. I'm better now. All right, let's get back to it. <laughs> wow, that's lovely. So great. And that concludes the eliminating episode of Healthy Mind and Healthy Life. And uh, I'm your host, Avik, and we have had just the privilege of exploring the intricate world of the leadership, emotional intelligence, and the optimal mental well-being with our exceptional guest, Jocelyn. So uh, we have delved into the topics of, uh, I mean, topics ranging from uh, navigating the crisis with resilience, to redesigning the recruitment process and everything and all with the focus of creating the workplaces that prioritize both the mental well-being of the employees and the success of the organization. So a special thank you, Jocelyn, for uh, sharing your uh, expertise, passion, and the wisdom. And uh, all, all the listeners, like if you have found this episode as enlightening as I did, be sure to connect with Jocelyn and explore the offerings of Luxinters Incorporation. So stay tuned for more captivating conversations on healthy mind and healthy life. And until next time, prioritize your well-being, foster the meaningful connections, and continue leading from within. So this is your host Avik signing off. Take care and be well. Thank you so much.